Hi, welcome to Foresight, exploring thought and ambition with Prob and Caden. Today's date is June 5th, 2023, and this is our 11th podcast. We have made it past number 10. So Caden, let's hear a recap of what's going on recently. What's new? Well, first week of summer break, and I think I successfully managed to hit a golf ball every single day so far. Okay. I think I've played about like 50 plus holes of golf. Gotcha. And I've spent probably more than 12 hours on the range in this first week. So it's going good. I'm playing really, really well. I shot three over par at a super easy golf course. It was a nine hole. So technically it's like six over, but pretty much all I've been doing is golfing. I met up about my accounting internship. So I had that little interview thing Mm -hmm. and they said that uh, it's going to work. They'll have me and it'll be like a part-time thing. And I'll get my hours figured out. But pretty much, since I'm not 18 and I don't have some required like documents that you need to do people's tax returns yet, Mm -hmm. I'll pretty much just be like learning about it and like how uh, doing accounting for small to medium sized businesses work. Got it. Which is actually really interesting. And I think I will learn stuff about that, even though I am pretty versed in accounting just through like all the classes and BPA Mm -hmm. event type stuff. But with accounting, it's kind of weird. Like, the small like sole proprietorship type businesses where it's like just one to five people, the accounting for that is really simple. And then for the big corporations where there's, you know, stocks and bonds and, you know, different boards on it, mm-hmm. it's also pretty simple if you're just doing it legitly and you're not trying to fudge the numbers. Got you. So like the, in the midterms, like in the middle sized businesses, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on there and a lot of different accounting practices you can do. Like for example, at uh, one of the places one of my friend's parents work. It's like a steel rolling mill. Mm-hmm. And so they have to like keep merchandise. But the way that they record it is in feet of steel, which is really, it, it really makes it weird for the accounting. Uh, I know I'm rambling about accounting stuff right now, mm-hmm. but I, I think I'll learn a lot from this internship and it's a good opportunity. So that's, that's what I've done so far this summer. How about you, Prop? Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. You got the internship at the CPA, which is a massive W. So I hope that goes well. Um, me personally, uh, we went on a road trip to my uh, previous hometown, what I consider to be my hometown, and um, to Canada. And so uh, my hometown is, you know, in, um, in Michigan, and it's great as always. You know, nothing ever changes. It's a pretty small town, but a ton of fun, right? Saw a bunch of old friends. But Canada was like, it's, it's I guess I couldn't say it's overrated because no one really is like, Oh, like Canada's amazing. Like you got to go there, but it was, it was, it was just okay. Right. Nothing, uh, nothing massive, nothing, um, even like a little bit different. It's like almost the exact same as the USA. There's some parts that are like very diverse, like Toronto and the places around are super duper diverse. I, and you can see like every single race and religion in like, like the average, like five feet radius in like Toronto, like Niagara was like, so so incredibly diverse and to see like that many indian people around me was like it's like in some places it's like india level kind of like like indian population it's crazy that's that's interesting there now that you say that the the person who we had the person who we had freelancing i think they were in canada right Mm, yeah yeah exactly i remember that yeah yeah there are a lot of indians in canada yeah a lot because it's um it's fairly easier to get into Canada as an Indian than it is to get into the U.S. And so there are a lot of, um, you know, Indian heavy places in Canada. And so 
The best part about that is that the food is fantastic. The Indian food is like, might I even say a tad bit better than India in a, like wow. a, in a holistic way? Because here's why, right? In India, they can literally put whatever they want to the food and you don't know. It, 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 could, it tastes great, right? But, but like you have no idea what's going into the food. They could put whatever they want because the, uh-huh. um, the food like quality management and the health inspectors there are not great. So it's like you don't know what you're eating. But here yeah. in um, Canada and Toronto, all that is very well managed and the food is great. And so like holistically, I'd like feel better eating the food there than um, eating the food like at, in India. So, yeah, the food was absolutely fantastic. Like I could eat there every day. So probably the biggest plus there. And so I also um, um, I don't you're going to cringe at this, but um, I met this friend on Fortnite like three or four years ago. And just slowly we, we became, we, we became like really good friends out of like nowhere. And so like we both stopped playing like two years ago, but we, but we kept being friends. And so she lives in, in Toronto. And so, and so we, we met there. And so that was like pretty cool. So what was it like? I mean, it was like very normal. I thought, I thought it'd be like a bit nerd. I was, I was telling my, my dad, like, like imagine it's this like 40 year old that shows up and like, like, Hey, probably like, it's awesome to meet you, man. But I thought, I mean, I was like thinking like, oh my God, like I would like imagine how nervous I'd be, but it was completely normal. Like we, we talked to each other. Like we talked like, like on a, on a FaceTime call or something. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird at all. It was like, it was great. So yeah, it was, it was unique, right? All those teachers who said, you know, don't meet people who you talk to online, right? That, yeah, I did that and it went great. Oh, you're such a rule breaker. Oh, I'm such a bad boy, kid. Yeah. so yeah that was pretty much um oh and one more thing i'm officially overweight according to bmi what are, what are you weighing now i'm i'm at like 175 at like 510 how, how tall are you 510 and so like according five to ten. bmi i'm like 90th percentile which is like dude muscle weighs so much man like i like i still yeah, can't believe right. i <laughs> Well, I'm but just you. I'm just yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I can bench press my own body weight now again, which is like a great relief because um, because like a few months ago I was like genuinely like like a bit overweight, right? Just because like you know I'd gone I'd got gotten back from India and like I said I'd eaten so much junk food I became like a bit of a bigger guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah. you know, worked out, got that muscle mass back, and I think I'm back at peak prob form now like wrestling prob form i mean in terms of cardio no but um in terms of muscle mass and um uh the gains and the overall focus i'm i'm back right this this vacation has like kind of re-energized me i got like the protein in i got the um the workouts in nearly every day um so yeah i'm back i'm back oh that's good enough I just got an ab roller, you mm-hmm. know, the wheel thing. Yeah, yeah, those like those styrofoam like things. Yeah, have you yeah. used one of those before? Oh, but by ab roller, do you mean like the, the big styrofoam thing or like the um the oh, wheel? The wheel thing, yeah, or the wheel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have one of those. I I literally like I, I, I can't use them, kid. And I I can like maybe like get on my like knees, kind of go like forward and back, maybe like a couple times, but like I can't really use it. <laughs> 
Are, are you able to use it so successfully? Hard. Yeah, it's so well. So I'm doing an ab competition right now with one of my friends. Really? So okay. I've been busting out like the Patrick Bateman morning ab routine, <laughs> you know? Like I do yeah. a thousand crunches before my shower type thing. Uh -huh. So my 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 core is like really good, and like I've got a diff fair eight pack going right now, and I want to. Dang! Keep no so way. Figured, That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm, I'm not talking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like mm -hmm. it's both. Yeah, no, chest, no, but like, but... You, you can see it. So, but I, I'm like, I want to keep it, but I don't want to like have to do crunches for 30 minutes every day. Gotcha. So I heard like an ab roller is like a really good way of doing that. Mm. And so, like, like very high so intensity, hard. just like, you know, like in a short amount of time kind yeah. of thing. Got you. Yeah, I think planks are annoying too because mm. I've got like shoulder problems from baseball a little bit. Mm. That's not the best. But yeah, it is so difficult. Like, gotcha. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was just wondering, like, yeah, yeah. Something. I like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got one like many years ago and every year I try to like, I, I can do like close to like full extension. Full extension is like very, very difficult. I can't do a full extension, but some, you know, like what full extension means like you're at like a perfect, like 180 mm -hmm. degree your body. Um, yeah. and so I can maybe get to like, um, I don't even know what angle in terms of like, if I had to go below 180 or above, but I can get like close. So I, I don't think I'll be able to get more than that um, in this lifetime, considering like how like yeah. terrible my abs are. But um, yeah, yeah. I, if I would be interested in um, you know, just, just seeing how low I can go in that. I try the ab thing, roller every year and I can never get it, but it's, it's a goal of mine. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. But I think that's what's new for both of us. And now on to like some news type of thing. Apple Vision problem. Okay, and I saw it just, that this... it came out today, like like probably like three hours ago. They dropped the video. Yeah, yeah. I I I was hearing leaks and like rumors about that like since like a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, man, get out of here, bro. Like like Apple like once people like make something good, Apple comes out five years later and makes it better. You know what I mean? This yeah. is this is way too early for Apple to like get into this kind of thing. It turns out they've Typically been. Aren't the innovator? Right. Yeah, exactly. They're, like, they're, they're, they're not the innovator. They're the, um, you know, marketer and the, um, might I even say like perfecter in terms of getting the design, and like everything working right. great, right? It might not have like the highest specs, but it works great. You know what I mean? So um, I, I didn't think there's any way in hell Apple would get, you know, this good of an innovation as we saw in the video this fast. And even after seeing it, I'm like, okay, like maybe it might come out in like, you know, two or three years and it's coming out early next year. That yeah. is crazy what are, what are your thoughts on that dude like again with the thing of apple making it being such a surprise like if, if this was something that zuck put out mm -hmm. it was like a facebook meta product mm -hmm. i feel like it would take multiple years for them to get one that was like working well mm -hmm. you know what i mean like the first like the 1.0 release i would not be interested in getting it at all or like yeah. even just like thinking about it because you know there's gonna be bugs it's gonna be not good but yeah I but when, like when apple, apple releases something mm -hmm. like they only release it when they know it's like perfect exactly like that's their whole thing yeah I, I think maybe other than products. like like the apple pencil one which was like a design failure every other mm -hmm. product they've released has been like um you, you can't you can't complain about how it functions you know what i mean you, you, can, yeah. may, you can maybe be like oh the, the samsung has like this many terabytes for less money or like it has like this processor but but you can't be like okay the phone doesn't work good it always works great and so yeah. to see Apple innovating this this early in this entire realm, and if if you watch the video, like there's there's no way you you're not like like wow like this is happening already. 
Um, because mm -hmm. I thought this was I remember in, in previous videos I've told you um things because because we've had like you know many little conversations about this in the past and I, I've said like you know in five ten years or in ten fifteen years when we get to this point like like we're here we're here man this is this is like mm -hmm. early next year and so the the price um yeah uh, you see that it's thirty five hundred dollars no. for yeah. for one which for Apple that's not too bad yeah that, that's that, that's not terrible I was thinking the same like thing the MacBook stand was like a thousand or something like the monitor stand uh, oh um, yeah i remember that people were like outraged because the wheels for, were like seven or eight hundred dollars for the for like the mac pro the stand yeah, yeah. i believe it was like around a thousand and so yeah thirty five hundred for like i mean because just think about how much like tech is put into this thing that like projects oh my god it's it's just insane to think about but uh, the place the place where i see this like being uh I don't know, the most mainstream, at least just from watching that video, is I think it, if the sound quality is as good as they say it is and the video quality is as good as they say it is, mm -hmm. I could see this replacing a lot of, like, home theaters. Dude, like, I was... For $350, mm -hmm. like, you know, home theaters are, like, like 10000 plus, like, most of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to get those max speakers, your big screen, like, the whole room. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I said, I said 3500 not, like, like 350 Oh. Yeah. Okay, three thousand five hundred. Yeah, three thousand five hundred. You said three hundred fifty dollars. No, no, I'm I, I, losing my mind. I, I, I said I said thirty five hundred, but like, yeah, it's. Yeah. So this is not going to be like a normal consumer thing. I yeah, think. yeah, no, it's, like, it's it's not going to be like oh, like everyone has one of these in like yeah. like within a year, right? It's, I still think it's going to be replacing home theaters. Yeah, I, I'm I'm low key like I'm a bit dis. I think it has the potential this kind of thing to replace like theater theaters and like um it, really? once they get this advanced because I mean think about it if they can. Um, because, because they've already started experimenting with like, you know, bringing, uh, like large format, like, um, big budget blockbusters to, um, you know, just at your home, like Disney plus was doing that during COVID they had like Mulan and a couple other like big budget movies releasing for like 20 bucks on Disney plus. And I think they did like fairly okay. I think, you know, the customer stuff to open up to it a bit more, but, um, yeah, I can see in like 15, 20 years. I mean, I can't even say fifteen twenty at this point, like, considering how yeah. soon it's happening. So in in the very near future, I can see um, companies being like, um, okay, like uh, you know, once they get the security issues and the piracy issues taken care of, because you know, once you start you know giving big budget blockbusters straight to your home, right? You know, like Tiny Zone, one, two, three movies, you know, you name it, right? <laughs> they're they're gonna have it for free in like two hours. But, yeah. So with all that that's going on, right? I can very easily picture a future where, you know, as I said, after all these security and piracy issues get taken care of that, um, you know, AMC or like whoever's just distributing them, like, like AMC is going to go out of business if this becomes like a, a popular thing, right? They're already wow. like, you know, losing money in, in the past years and we're like, there are a bunch closing down. And so with wow. this new technology and, um, you know, pr people who produce the movies can distribute it themselves at, at that point, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, you put it on like whatever Apple service for like, uh, you know, $10, $15 to see the movie and yeah, that, that make it much simpler, but you know how passionate I am about, you know, going to the movies and like seeing a movie and you know, my like, like movie passion. And so like, I would absolutely hate if that happened, like, like terribly hate it. But, um, yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts on where, that? Where else do you see this like new technology disrupting things? I feel like technology is just exploding in the last like few years. Yeah. Like since COVID, like 
you've had AI breakthroughs and now Apple is just taking Zuckerberg's like mm-hmm. his hometown, his turf. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping like, like, uh, okay. But before, before we start, like, I'm, I'll just say like, I'm not like a big fan of, you know, for people who don't know, I'm not a huge fan of all this like VR technology, you know, just like, mm-hmm. like putting a VR headset on for hours a day and stuff. But I, I think hopefully like Meta is doing something huge because apparently they're putting like the majority of their workforce into like making this AI because because they know for a fact it's like the, the future period, right? Yeah. And so you know maybe hopefully if they like take enough time and you know even if they're like you know kind of in the shadows related to um, you know what they're working on, right? Maybe in like two or three years they'll be like, hey, we have this thing that we've been working on for the past ten years and it like blows apples out of the park. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. You know, maybe that could happen. In terms of the other question you, um, you know, asked, like, what yeah. what industries do you, do you think um, do I think it'll disrupt? Right, undeniably the entertainment industry, you know, related yeah. to like you know games, uh, gaming on this like VR yeah, thing. I don't know about I don't know about gaming because like people who like play games are super picky about like the fresh rates matching up, like the screen, the monitor quality, mm. like the sound, all that stuff, and as well as how fast they can run. I don't think Apple's like built-in processor is going to be it's able not enough to, to run it yet accommodate i i think definitely like not yet like definitely not yet but in the, in like i said in the near future i can see them making it so that um uh you know it's it works really well with, with gaming and of course they'll have to make new games to like support it but um 100 percent within like 20 years i can see this becoming like the mainstream form of like gaming yeah you just 100%. plug it into your pc and you're just good probably uh, i still can't see like the pc being strapped to your face but i think they, they'll definitely have something where you can hook it up to a pc and use it mm. yeah so in the near future like less than 10 years like i okay. think that'll be something that's pretty soon yeah and, and the other thing that i was surprised by is that all because they they're introducing a new thing called vision os which is like the operating system that it uses and mm-hmm. i was really surprised by that because i thought you know with apple making it and with when with them making it this soon because um, I watched, like, I was going through the, the WWDC, which is, I think, the the Worldwide Developers Conference that they have every year. And this was yeah. a thing that they unveiled it at. And so I'm just, I'm just skipping through, like, you know, boring stuff, like, you know, new MacBook, bigger screen, blah, 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 another new MacBook, blah, blah, blah. And I get to the thing and the, you know, the Vision Pro. And then I thought, okay, it's going to be like like an accessory to like a MacBook, right? You're, you're going to be able to connect it and you're going to be able to, like, extend some screens. It's going to be like, you know, a, a new, like, kind of advanced VR, Apple's VR, right? So, but it's its own OS inside of it. You don't need to connect it to like an iPhone. It doesn't need to be hooked up to like anything extra. Like you put it on and you have like messages, you have notes, you have Safari, you can scroll, browse, you can type on it. You can use like your fingers. You see that thing like, I I don't know how it it does that yet because the way they showed it, the person doesn't have anything attached to their hand or finger. Yeah. And yet when they go like, when they like pinch it together or like they scroll, it, it senses that, detects that. And that's mm-hmm. how like, you know, you you maneuver through everything. So that was very cool to see. I'd like to know more about how they got that to work when you don't have anything physically connected there. So yeah. Vision OS spatial. really surprised me. The OS surprised you, you said? Yeah. Yeah, very much. All right. I think like the last thing on this, I'm curious, like your take on, do you think this is going to be like promoting a dystopian like type future or a very like benevolent, like good future? Like, do you think going VR is going the right direction? 
Because I, I can imagine people being on this, and like you can scroll with your eyes, right? Mm-hmm. I can imagine people just living on their couch, like on TikTok, on Apple Vision. They don't even have to use their fingers to scroll anymore. They just flick their eye down, boom, next to Yeah, yeah. I, like, what do you think? I think in terms of having like an authentic life experience, which I like truly 100% value, like it, which is why I like, I stopped playing video games, right? Because, because I thought it kind of like, um, I don't want to spend too much time controlling a different character when I should be like, and living my own like life, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, for me personally, being against all that stuff, it's like a complete negative for me. Like, I'm probably not going to buy this until like, it becomes like a norm. Like if you want to go to work, right, you're gonna have to put this on to attend a meeting. Like, you have, you have to, like, cause I guarantee futures, we're going to get to a point, um, you know, also, you know, answering your question related to like, you know, how I think it's going to um, affect industries. I think this is going to be like just the thing that everyone has. You put it on, you can see like your your work life is on there. Um, you know, you can, especially in the software world, the tech world where everything's moving like at home. I can, I guarantee you, man, every guy at Apple, Google, Netflix, you know, the Fang, they're going to they're gonna have this on, you know, within like five, 10 years. And they're going to be, um, you know, working just on this thing. And so I can very easily see this becoming just a normal thing for life. And I'm completely against it. Like, I'll make that very clear. I don't think having this thing on your face 24-7 is like, I see, this is, this is the thing. I don't, I don't know how to explain it in like a logical way because it's more on like the wow. emotional side that I don't yeah. like it, right? If I want to like, you know, support it in a logical way, it makes it makes complete sense, right? get all the entertainment, all the fun, anything you need on this headset and your life just becomes enhanced, right? Everything like yeah. you you could have seen with your own eyes, it becomes 10X because of this thing you have on your uh, your head. You don't have to travel anywhere, right? Like you could probably like play sports with an enhanced experience on this like little thing, you know, when, when, when they innovated in like 15, 20 years. So yeah. it's just an enhanced version of life that you have on your head. And so I can't logically say anything against it but um, from an emotional standpoint, completely alone, um, mm-hmm. I am like against this. What what is what is your take on that? I don't think it's going to promote a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's like one logical point against it. Me personally, I don't think I'll ever own Apple Vision. Mm-hmm. I think by the time it would even get to the a point where it's cheap enough for my frugal self to even think about it, mm-hmm. and to where it's been updated enough to where it does have applicable features, I'll probably already be like isolationist living on the side of a mountain by then you know like once i'm like i've already made enough money to be Mm self-sustaining i'll probably just like cut off at that point honestly okay well (laughs) that's my take at least so i don't think i'll ever own it and i i also agree i think it's promoting a a more dystopian future we were talking about this earlier but uh, very reminiscent of ready player one yeah exactly yeah Um, yeah for those of you like who haven't seen uh, yeah, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, like we, I talk about Ready Player One all the time whenever I have like a conversation about it because um, I saw the movie and, and it like, it, it really like got me thinking, right? Because everything that they, they do in it, they put on the headset and it's like, it's like a better world, to be honest, like, like inside it, like it, it, it pretty much, even if you're against this, which I am, you can admit that it's much cooler and it's like 10 times more dopamine and it's not the kind of dopamine yeah. that'll like affect you. Like you will be running on this, like like indefinitely if you put it if you put this headset on and so yeah like it got me thinking like is this a world like that i would want to live in where people are just so hooked to this thing that they barely talk to like their parents in real life that they don't like really have any relationship with their kids 
they all live in like tiny little like um like 20 by 20 huts that like because all they need is the treadmill that they walk on and and the headset that this guy that this like you know old smart guy innovated and so yeah i I would not want to live in um in that kind of world but i truly think that in um it's what we're headed towards yeah all right on to the other like technology has been innovated, possibly leading us towards a dystopian future, AI, right? It's all the buzz, obviously, and mm-hmm. it has been for like quite a while. Yep. I was just thinking, right, next year I'm going to be a senior, right? And so it's got me, now I'm like thinking more about my career paths, just double checking that everything I want to do is like staying the same. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was thinking with all the stuff I've read about the jobs that AI is going to be displacing, pretty much it's like kind of, in the places that I want to work, to be honest, mm-hmm. right? Like, for example, on one of one article that I read, it said that uh, accounting was going to be one of the like first things or one of the first jobs that AI sort of like takes over or takes mm-hmm. jobs away from, which really makes sense because like accounting is the type of thing where it, it is pretty difficult to get a program running that can do it. Mm-hmm. But if you have an AI, like that extra like human decision, nearly human decision making like boost to it. Mm-hmm. I really do think that like a lot of accounting is going to be automated from now on. Okay. Not that I wanted to be accountant, like be an accountant, but then from there, you know, you can see how it leads to other white collar jobs in finance, which is ultimately the career path that I'm looking towards. Mm-hmm. And I, I see a lot of that being possibly replaced by AI, especially okay. with the rate that it's being innovated. Mm-hmm. You know, how you read about auto GPT? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Auto GPT. I've I've heard yeah. about that. Can you can like like tell me a little, little bit more about that? Because I don't know too much about it. So pretty much with Chat GPT right now, you give it a prompt and it will it'll return and it will tell you what you need to do, or mm-hmm. it will maybe you ask it to write code and it'll write some code for you, mm-hmm. right? But then you need to take that list of things it gave you and do it, or you need to like use that code. For example, recently I was asking Chat GPT for assistance in writing a web scraper mm-hmm. to like. So I want to get my Garmin, I own a Garmin watch. Mm -hmm. I want to collect my sleep data and put it in Excel really easily. Mm -hmm. And Garmin doesn't allow end users to use their API. You have to be a company. Gotcha. So so I had to pretty much, I was thinking of ways I could do that. And I was like, okay, I'll use a web scraper. I'll go to the website and just get my data. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was using ChatGPT to help me. So I was asking it different things I could do. And I was like, all right, in Python, you want to use these libraries you want to, and I was asking it to write me code and I'd have to debug the code like millions of times. Mm-hmm. I feel like the code writing aspect of it is really overhyped. But anyways, like negative comments aside, it, it does its job, but there's also still like a lot of work that you do. It just mm-hmm. tells you what to do or gives you some broken code. Gotcha. But with AutoGPT, it will give you that list and then AutoGPT, it will break that list down into things that it will do itself. Okay. Right. And so it pretty much reruns so you give a prompt and it will rerun its response through itself again. Okay, until it gets the those lists. Mm. And it is it is way from the sounds of it, it is like a lot more efficient, a lot more intelligent than ChatGPT is right now. Because it's actually able to execute the advice. It's able to debug its own code relatively well, from what I hear. Because I mean, it's just insane. And I haven't done any experimenting with it at all. I'm not mm. even sure if like the open public can use it. I've heard it talked about and like, I'm really excited for it. Um, that's definitely going to be something that I look into this summer. Got it. Um, yeah. I think like with stuff like that, it's honestly like the pace at which we're making progress 
and innovating AI mm-hmm. is like, you know, timelines that were set before, which was like, you know, uh, 10 years before this happens, it's, it's going to be starting to happen in a blink of an eye. You know, especially if you get AI writing its own code mm-hmm. type of thing, which again could easily go very dystopian on us, mm-hmm. you know, but like the pace of innovation is insane. I know I've probably said that about five times. No, no, it's, 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 it's so worth mentioning many times. Definitely. Yeah, that that gets, me, that gets me thinking about my career path as well, right? Computer science, and and if if AI can can code itself very very well, and you know take because because a big part of computer science and like software engineering is just managing the infrastructure of like all the code that goes in, right? Moving things from point A to point B, and making sure the systems are safe and stay in place, right? Just just manage software management is a huge part of it. Not necessarily you know just coding like new things, right? And I think AI will be able to like take care of software management like so easily. Like it, they're probably completely working on like just making AI take care of all of it right now to the point where like, you know, people are needed for it. And so, um, you know, the biggest job of people in software right now or like after AI takes care of software management is, you know, creating new software and creating new code and, you know, making the AI better. But if, you know, if, if like, what if we get to a point where the AI can make AI like better, you know, like make itself better, right? Yeah. Um, at that point, I don't know what software engineers will do other than like possibly managing the AI. Which I'm sorry for bringing you in on my like my crisis <laughs> here, but it's worth thinking about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So de- definitely is. I mean, yeah, because I feel like we could have like a really deep conversation about it where we each pause like about 10 minutes to really think about it. But that wouldn't make for um, a very good podcast. So hopefully we like delve on it in the next week and come back to that, you know, quite interesting topic. But well, I mean, every week there's like leaps and bounds mm-hmm. made in the, in the space itself. So maybe we could have a little AI portion where we just gush about mm-hmm. that and talk about, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, looking on into the future, especially since we're in a u- unique position of being like young and not even in the job markets yet. Exactly. Like it, it does have a like very big potential. Like if you're already working in these industries, you'll probably be able to like keep your job for like the majority of like the rest of your time in that industry, mm-hmm. or at least like you'll have seniority by the time that it really does hit. Yeah. But for us, we'll be like entering like as it's taking over. Hmm. It's kind of scary. So right, thing, right now, like looks like the only jobs AI won't replace are like, like doctors and like, like restaurant owners. So I feel like, I feel like, like those two are safe, but the, but the rest are like, very vulnerable blue collar jobs are still going to be out there right but people robotics are like really like you know people at mit have wet dreams about you know getting rid of like blue collar worker jobs man like all they do is create like these kind these kinds of robots and these things that will like go in there and just you know you know all the robots that are taking over um uh like like waiters and uh and like cashiers Mm -hmm. in the in the and servers at restaurants and so that it's the innovation that is like is relatively slow compared to AI, but I think, you know, with the help of AI, it'll be much, much faster. So even blue collar workers will be, um, everyone's going to be affected by a problem, except for like doctors. For doctors, I can say like hundred percent. It's, it's it, counter argument to that. I, I'm going to say not, I'm going to, I'm going to say for doctors, not any time in the next 50 years, will it be affected by AI? I, I would be very, very surprised. Well, hear me out. There are already, procedures taking place where the doctors are like uh at least i'm pretty sure there's procedures taking place where doctors are using a machine to like move this the you 
what do you call them? I was about to say utensils. <laughs> like they're going to be eating them. <laughs> like like, like, like the, the tools? Yeah, the tools, I guess, that works. Aren't there already, like, I know, like, I... Yeah, I've, I've heard about, like, like, like nanobots and stuff that are that are being used. But I still think there will always be a like need that, for like the surgery. doctor to oversee it. I said it again? Like, like, surgery arms that hold the scalpel, like, really steady. Mm-hmm. And, like, you move it around. Imagine an AI could operate that. But I... An AI could retain. I think I think it would it would need to be very advanced. I feel like I I I like I said I didn't say like it'll never happen, but I I just can't see an AI being that advanced to have that human that like human kind of intuition and like knowing what to do in a certain place and time. Like I know it it does like all these kind of like you know it can act like a human sometimes, but it's not exactly there. It can um write code like a, like a human being does, but it's not quite there. So I think doctors are a job that like it's a very human touch that's needed. Um, and like all kinds of things can happen when you're like doing surgery. So I don't think like an AI can properly do that yet. So I and even if it can do it to a very good extent, I still think a doctor would be needed to oversee it all. So I don't see like oh, yeah. a, a lowering in demand for doctors in the next 50 years. Okay, that's a fair point. I really just don't think anyone is safe, mm. especially like the people growing up now gotcha. are going to be going into this. And even when AI was first coming out, I was thinking like, oh, well, even software engineers, they'll be busy because they'll be working on the AI. Mm. But no, the AI is going to be working on itself <laughs> like quickly at some point. Yeah. You know? And better than, and once it's making itself better, it's just going to, it's going to be very, uh, a very sharp increase mm-hmm. on the innovation being made. Yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much it in the tech sector. So I guess we'll get on to the laws of power. Yeah, this this is something we've been we've been putting off for like a few weeks now. Um, the first part did um insanely well, and so we're excited to get into the second part, which we think people are also waiting for. So yeah, yeah. So today we're doing laws eleven through fifteen. Uh, Caden would like to get us started with law eleven. All right, law number 11. And I actually thought this one wasn't too bad. It wasn't too controversial. I thought I had good advice. So learn to keep people dependent on you. And so a part of the judgment that I would just like to read is maintain your independent, wait, sorry, to maintain your independence, you must always be needed and wanted. The more you are relied on, the more freedom you have. I actually thought this was pretty contradiction. Like, it, yeah, it, it, it sounds it sounds like, like, an, like an oxymoron in nature. The more yeah. you relied on, the more freedom you have. But I, I think I think the chapter, um, you know, makes it yeah. make sense. He goes on to explain it fairly well in the chapter. I agree. But when I first read that, I just like rolled my eyes. I was like, oh my! I, mm. I feel like most laws are built on like a solid foundation, like a foundational truth. It's just sort of taking to like a malicious extreme mm-hmm. almost. I would yeah, say. yeah. That that, that was that actually that, that worded it. Like, you worded that really well. That, that was that was that was very well said. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But um, again, this law sort of continues on the trend of using examples from medieval times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's talking about like the Middle Ages and mercenaries and mm-hmm. such life and death situations. But um, uh, a part, another a part of the passage that I think sort of addresses the judgment was when it when he said that do not be one of the many who mistakenly believe that the ultimate form of power is independence. Mm-hmm. So in the judgment, he said to be independent, you must do this. And now he's sort of saying don't mistakenly believe that power is independence. So he sort of clears up that confusion there, I think. And he says that power involves a relationship between people. You always need others as allies 
pawns, or even as weak masters who serve as your front. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I, I, I think this, this next line also very like nicely sums it up. The completely independent man would live in a cabin in the woods. He would have the freedom to come and go as he pleased, but he would have no power. So power yeah. comes from people who need you and you and like kind of like networking. If you, um, you know, the more people, you know, the more people who need you for things, the higher power like our society will hold you at. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I do think he had a pretty funny like example in this book. Uh, when he was talking about the astrologer, mm. did you did you read that part? When he was talking, like the astro, one of the examples Robert Greene gives in this chapter was an astrologer to a king, right? Mm -hmm. And so this king, he really liked the astrologer. And one day, the astrologer predicted that a woman in the king's court would die in like three days, mm -hmm. and then she did die. And the king was like, "Hold up, either he like actually." is uh, a really good astrologer and he can like see these things mm -hmm. or he just murdered her yeah and he was thinking either way he's a threat to me mm -hmm. and so when he goes to the astrologer he's like gonna kill him or imprison him forever yeah the astrologer like, tells him something about like the king's own death and he yeah, keeps... so he's like mm -hmm. he says um you claim to understand astrology and know the fate of others so tell me what your fate will be and how long you have to live mm -hmm. and i thought this was the funniest thing the astrologer said, I shall die just three days before your majesty. Mm. And I said, I'll die three days before you. <laughs> and I, I was not expecting that. And it was just it was so smart because the mm -hmm. king, obviously, after that, he kept him alive for like the rest of his life and yeah. like, made sure he was well fed, well kept. Like he was about to kill this man. That mm -hmm. one line, that quick thinking on his feet yeah. just gave him like a super good life. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up outliving the king, you know, just gotcha. proving astrology. Yeah, yeah. Love, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 th I think that that's like that's very the, the, uh, that's very witty. I can see that as like like a fifteen second like YouTube short, and like like a YouTube uh, like a TikTok. I would like share to my yeah. friends and be like, "Dang, that, that that's pretty cool, right?" But um, yeah, I I think I think that's that's a pretty good example. Keep keep people dependent on you, and I, I guess that that's a more like abstract way to keep people dependent on you that like only serves to you know, show up, like, you know, prove a point and not like, you know, something like other people can replicate in their own kind of way. But yeah, yeah I, I think it does do a great job at, um, at proving the point. Don't try to like, you know, just, just please people as much as you want. I saw other examples in this chapter that were like, um, war, great warriors who did so much for a village and they basically saved like entire states, but, um, they ended up being massacred and they ended up being killed by the people because they didn't know what to do with the warrior, right? They said, "Okay, should we should we like make you a king? Should we give you a position?" No, that that's like that's that's too little, right? We need to do much more for you. And so the most they can do is kill the person and worship them as like a god. And so I thought that was yeah. like another pretty like humorous part of this chapter is that um they didn't really need them anymore, right? Because they already saved the village. They did great things. And so um you know doing everything you possibly can for like a company or an organization might not always be the best choice for yourself, right? Keeping people dependent, right? Not, you know, you know, just unleashing everything you have all at once, doing little things to make people appreciate you, to realize how much they need you, and to keep doing those things um, in, in, in like, uh, in intervals is what I kind of like got from this chapter after a bit of thinking. So, yeah, I think this is a solid A-tier chapter. A-tier? I had this one in the B-tier just because, like, the initial contradiction I think is strange. Hmm. But 
I think I'll stand strong on the B tier. Okay. For me personally. Okay. I I, I personally yeah, have I this. this is, I, I agree. This is one of the stronger chapters, like one of the stronger laws. Though mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you have a dark sense of humor. I, I thought that that example was like tragic. You know, this warrior like did everything for this town. Because I, I, I really, I really like didn't see that like coming at all, and that that yeah. really like 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 hit me in the face. It was like. Like, wow, because it's not something you would, like, even, like, logically think of doing today. But it mm-hmm. he chooses these these wild examples that don't really, like, you can't replicate any of these, but they just prove his point. But then he goes on in this explanation section of it where he somehow in his own little way relates it to each other and makes it kind of make sense. Which I think Robert Greene is, is a W for that. But okay. Yeah, Law 12. Use selective honesty and generosity to disarm your victim what do you think i mean this was a pretty short one i think it only had one observance of the law i believe Mm -hmm. yeah it had one observance and then it just it instantly went to the interpretation of Mm -hmm. that little story for it so you know short chapter i'll keep it short i thought this in my annotations i put this as a b tier one okay. and uh, in my notes i said again it was malicious but it makes sense and it could be useful so i i think this law is practical even though it is sort of like a shitty thing to do mm-hmm. it's pretty much saying lie and be overly generous to disarm your person mm-hmm. or just disarm your victim and then so you can deceive them. them and you know do malicious things to them after yes. they trust you and um yeah uh, but I, I i i do think in like like exactly like what you said initially right the, the the fundamental of it is is right right it's like kind of human nature kind of thing but then he he brings like a malicious twist to it that you don't expect mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. The, the the fundamental of this chapter kind of is um first impressions right first impressions really matter um you want to you know prove yourself as an honest and trustworthy um a good person to anyone you meet because because that's what they'll think about you um you know forever right people the first impressions don't change easily at all and so he takes that and he kind of uses it for like, you know, deception and saying, okay, like you, you got to show yourself as a good person. But then once you get in, once they start to trust you, then you start like spying on them and you start doing oppy things and you start being a menace and you like, you know, whatnot. But yeah. So law 12, another B tier, another solid tier laws. I, re- I don't fully remember the first 10 laws, but I feel like these ones, like these five that were in this like 11 through 15. I feel like they are like a lot stronger than those mm. initial ones, which fair, I feel like fair. we're trying to grab attention to the book. Like, look at how evil you can be. Mm-hmm. And, and then it gets into more reasonable things. Less. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, would, I would have this as a, as a B tier as well, personally. All right. And on to law 13. When asking for help, appeal to people's self-interest, never to their mercy or gratitude. So this one is pretty simple. It's pretty much saying that, like, recognize that it is human nature to be self-serving. Mm-hmm. I feel like of all the laws, this one like has it doesn't go to like as extreme of a malicious intent. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it pretty much just stays pretty close to that like initial truth where like people are self-serving, yeah. Right, and it's just common, especially in business. It's co- very common where people know that and they use that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. To where you know it's not really news. Yeah, right? yeah, because yeah, because I feel like at one point, just just sucking up and being like like a good person and doing like. It's kind because of, because it's pretty common in the business and like tech world to give gifts around all the time like when when meeting people and things and just like like being really kind and being really nice 
But like at the end of the day, right, it's in the back of everyone's mind and everyone already knows that, you know, we need to do something that benefits each other in a massive way for each other's business or organization or company. And so yeah. I think I think this law makes a lot of sense. I didn't see any um, malicious intent in here. I think it it, it takes uh, any. I, I, I didn't. Which malicious intent did, did you observe in this chapter? Chapter thirteen. Wait, oh, I gotta re. I gotta remember the uh, the example you gave. Actually, uh, I, it's more in the interpretations, really, where he uh, puts his own little twist on it, as you <laughs> as you said. But no, I I do agree. He he doesn't bring it any more malicious than the truth is in itself. I'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah, yeah. I I I think I think he explains the truth in a um a very good way and his examples were pretty solid as well so I, I didn't have any like like big problems with this chapter i think it expands on the fundamental truth in a way that makes sense and is applicable and isn't malicious and so i think it does this chapter does all the good things right and um yeah because so, it it even says like through here like um in in the reversal it says some people will see an appeal to their self-interest as ugly and um ignoble is that a word ignoble yeah wow i I, huh forgot to note that on the first time i read it but um but 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 yeah it also says the opposite right some people think like you know if you let's just just appeal to the self-interest and you try to like um you know do what they like they think it's it's not good and and you should be more noble and you should be more charitable and you should like think think of the greater good and not just be like what does that person want so he also acknowledges the opposite kind of people which I think are like a bit rarer. Um, like you don't see them very much. And um, sometimes if you do see those kind of people, it's not because they don't value, um, you know, their own self-interest. It's usually because the organization that they're part of, you know, it doesn't value their own self-interest and it values, you know, being charitable and, you know, being noble to others. And so I think this chapter does everything right. I'm between, yeah. Is there anything uh, you'd like to add? Um, I, I do think in the uh, no, not really. This chapter does, like, I think this is the only part in the book so far that I've read where, like, Robert Greene, like, sort of realizes that the law isn't, like, completely encompassing or, like, one million percent the truth, mm-hmm. as he states it. Because he says, like, gratitude has occasionally succeeded in the past mm-hmm. when he was, like, you know, sort of trash-talking, being nice to people mm-hmm. and saying you should just serve their self-interests and, like, not like not respect gratitude or sort of mm-hmm. thing. He says it has occasionally succeeded. Yeah. So, you know, I had that highlighted, like, oh, my gosh, you know, what is it, this? <laughs> this is unheard of. But, no, mm-hmm. I think this is honestly an A tier. I think this might be the first law I've given, like, a solid A tier. Okay. I I'm, I, I think I'm going to give it an S tier because the, cha- oh. the, the, the one two chapters ago I gave an A tier – and I think this is a step above that. So I think okay, I'll match you on S tier. So I I, I think I think this is I think if we're gonna give an S tier in this book, then this is going to be it. At least yeah. so far, like like fourteen chapters in, I think this is an S tier so far. Yeah. It's good advice, you know, appeal to people's self interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. I think we're doing this like the S A B C like those like t- tiers kind of relative to the book. Um, and like the other chapters that we've read so far, I think in the overall realm of books and self-help books, this would be an A tier. But um, uh, for this book, you know, relative to the other chapters we're comparing, I think it would be an A tier or an, an, an S tier. I mean, an S tier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Law 14. Uh, yeah. 
pose as a friend, work as a spy. See, this is this is like, you know, a bit more malicious, but yeah. Obviously, See, I'm I'm, I'm a bit worried one. to like like comment too much and say anything positive about this chapter. Um, you know, as not to come off as an asshole to any friends who might be, um, you know, listening to this and seeing me praise a chapter about, you know, posing as a friend and working as a spy. But what's your take on this, Gabe? Well, I was about to say, I didn't annotate or highlight anything in this chapter, mm -hmm. although I did just read it. So I, I still have it pretty fresh in my mind. Okay. And, well, I mean, I mean, it, the malintent is in the title, mm -hmm. you know? So the chapter just sort of builds off that. There's not too much else to say. Pretty much, he talks about, you know, kings, how they see through spies instead of, you know, what other people say, which I, I thought about that. Like I said, that and I thought about that. And I thought that's actually pretty smart. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in a high position of power, like you're like a king or maybe a president or whatever, mm -hmm. you can't really ever tell if people are telling the truth right mm -hmm. like whenever people are around you they're always going to be sort of putting on a facade mm -hmm. right trying to convince you of something etc etc but if you just observe them in nature you know through spies mm -hmm. as he says then you will see the, the real truth behind that person mm -hmm. so i thought that was pretty smart yeah but me personally as a normal human being and not like a king of a castle mm -hmm. i don't really think i need to see people and like stalk them through a network of spies yeah to, like see yeah. their true intentions i do have some faith in humanity mm -hmm. and and other people around me i try, I try to like not be too like i don't know optimistic mm -hmm. about people but yeah. i do think that it's not entirely applicable to the everyday layman yeah you know yeah so yeah so uh, this, this chapter basically is like Everyone has their hidden characters. Everyone has their weaknesses. And to exploit that, you really have to like probe. You have to, you know, pretend to be their friend. And you have to, you know, mm -hmm. just get closer and closer to them until you can uncover some, you know, deep, dark secrets and some like weaknesses that you can use to your advantage. And so I think this chapter mostly, I'm trying to say something like, you know, positive about it. So I, I think it, it works as like something as a defense to like recognize when it's happening to you. Um, you know, when someone might just be trying to like gain, gain information from you if they're being because it, it is it is a bit arbitrary in terms of like, you know, trying to identify it. But I think um, the best thing I can say about it is is, um, yeah, to maybe identify if someone's you know trying to probe too much into you. And um, yeah, I, I can't see in terms of the spy things like having people spy on them for you. That, that's very like, you know, like 1500s, 1600s kind of stuff like yeah. I, I, I have no idea how to relate it to, to today, but, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it'd be a lot easier now. Like cameras and microphones exist and they're so easy, but like, that's just so much. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Camera but I mean, legal, yeah. Cause who would, who would like, cause, cause yeah. In, in today's society, you don't, or like any time you don't, you don't, you don't put like, you know, cameras and, uh, you know, microphones in, in places you know, where people are like in their private space and would be like able to share their deep, dark secrets. You know what I mean? Like, you, you really have to believe that you're the main character. If you're going around putting little cameras and microphones all over the place and listening to what people say, like you really have to have that sort of energy with you. If you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Main character energy. But, right. So this, I feel is like one of the weaker ones mm -hmm. as far as like, it's not applicable today. And it, it does serve as, you know, like a warning, like hey, if you see people like maybe doing this to you, mm -hmm. but I feel like the whole book just serves as a warning. Yeah. yeah. And, and also looking at like, laws. 
yeah, looking at this from a more like like humanistic perspective, like you know, like in terms of you know who I am as a person and values and you know, morality. Even though Robert Greene is like kind of against morality, we have to look at it from that perspective. I mm-hmm. you know probably wouldn't do this at all. You know, posing as a friend, working as a spy. Like, am I really gonna like 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 go to bed that night thinking like yes, like I fooled this person into thinking they're my friend, but really I just want to gain information. Like, am I gonna be like proud of myself for that? Like, probably not. So would not you know, follow pretty much anything in this chapter personally. So I think I'm going to have to put this at a D tier. D tier? Yeah. I agree with that. I, I wouldn't say it's like quite as garbage as an F tier. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that the example. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the like, example like, save it from F tier. But yeah, you were really convincing there, Bob. I almost believed you when mm-hmm. you said you weren't going to spy on people. So. <laughs> makes sense. Uh, makes sense, kid. Okay. So law number 15 crush your enemy totally again this was another good law and he directly re- like uh refers to sun tzu who is pretty much like i, w- I don't want to say coined this term mm-hmm. but i don't know how many people were really writing books before that time mm-hmm. but, or at least like books that we still read today but yeah i mean i agree with this i don't really have enemies as again as a normal person yeah. but yeah if you're like a war general uh yeah, because you really want to leave your enemies there. I really like the example that he gave with the the viper, mm-hmm. where he said, "Like we have beaten them and they are humiliated, yet we nurture these resentful vipers who will one day kill us." You know, mm, yeah. It's like if you kill someone's whole family and then you leave their youngest child alive, like what do you think they're gonna grow up like wanting mm-hmm. to do? Exactly. You know, one that offends their family, you mm-hmm. know. So if you're gonna commit horrible acts like robert green tells you to do you might as well just finish the job yeah yeah what exactly about that? yeah yeah so i because because we, we gotta look this at like you know from like you know different perspectives like like from you know like judge it based on how good he explains the examples and how much we can connect to like the interpretation and also like how like how we can apply it in our daily lives so so how do you think in the, in the business world or something like that um you know in a society today where um you know crushing your enemies totally and eviscerating them isn't exactly the norm how would we how we'd go about you know applying this um in you know the business world daily life whatever uh, i'm glad you brought that up because now that i think about you your little comment right there might have brought it up a full letter point for me as well but what you just said it sort of reminded me of costco's sort of business model mm. you know they don't like crush their enemy totally and like set their warehouses on fire mm-hmm. type of thing but I, it reminded me of like an example that i read it was like a fun fact the weird thing that i read but pretty mm-hmm. much like with their kirkland brand you know they own these wholesale sort of like bulk ordered uh, warehouses yeah, pretty yeah. Much make it to a store so you can walk around and buy things cheap if you have the costco card mm-hmm. so it's like a, um what's the uh, other one it's like sam's sam's club Sam's Club, yeah. Mm. It's like Sam's Club if you don't have a Costco near you. Yeah. And so what they do is, since it's pretty much a warehouse, it's really easy to keep track of, like, what things are being sold and, like, what items are going off the shelves fastest. Mm. And so when Costco recognizes something as a big hit and it's selling a lot of, they will... They just make it using the Kirkland thing. Yeah, yeah, I I read about that too. They Mm -hmm. will, like, deconstruct the chemicals, (laughs) see exactly what that brand does, and then make it in Kirkland. Yeah. And their own Kirkland brand, and then sell it cheaper, yeah. way undercutting them. And on top of that, they will stop selling that product and their and their exactly. I I read about that. They they basically just like just take in third party products just to test and see what works because mm-hmm. their ultimate goal is to have their entire store filled with amazing Kirkland products that like 
everyone loves because it's it's the best possible one that they found using because they basically use the third party products as like as like lab rats like just test yeah. like you know see what we should make and see what we shouldn't make in house. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess it's not like like eviscerate totally, but like you know kind of kind of use. See, I love that example because that that um that the their approach to that like using these other people to like see what works, see what doesn't. It's something that I can see like Robert Greene explaining and, yeah. you know, cause it's, it's not exactly like deceptive, but, um, something like this could be used like, um, like it, it would have been used 400, 500 years ago in a more malicious way that relates to people dying. But now since, yeah. you know, we're in a, you know, formal business setting, it's more of yeah. like a, um, uh, yeah. Sales kind of thing. Uh, you can't really like take over a business anymore and just like buy it out mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of laws you have to get through. yeah but i think that's in these in this like day and age that's pretty much as close as you can get to like wiping out your competition you know stop selling them in your hoards and just or in your stores mm-hmm. and just completely steal their product and stop yeah. selling it yeah so yeah. props to costco following robert green's law at least <laughs> their 15th law i'd say mm. uh, well, do you have any business examples to relate to this I mean, crushing because this this isn't like you know um you you want to crush your enemies to the to the most possible. This is like like you're gonna want to like just take away everything so they so they they don't even have a place to start if they wanted to start again, right? So so if if you want to translate this directly to business, you know, in today's setting, that would be like just completely destroying the 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 um like if you're running like a restaurant that is serving like uh. Indian food, just like completely like eviscerating like the, the the nearby competition by doing whatever you need to do to make sure that those individuals who cook Indian food next to you aren't able to start cooking it again and using like whatever yeah. means necessary. And so, you know, directly translating it to today's terms would, you know, not be moral, would not be, I mean, it's, it's hard to use the word moral when talking about this book, but, um, it would not be realistic. You could not do it. Hundred percent could not do it. And so, because it's very hard to do direct things nowadays without having like many other parties involved. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, um, eviscerating your enemies completely is not an option in today's. In outside of like d- warfare and like actual yeah. combat situations. You, you, do you think there'd be any realm where like eviscerating your enemies completely to the point where they couldn't start that certain endeavor over again? Would be an option. So that was laws eleven through fifteen. <laughs> oh wait, no. What what do we rate this law? Actually, crush your enemy totally. So I said you brought it up a full letter grade, and I'd say I'd give this one a B. Really? Uh, a B to C tier. I, I I would I would have this at a. Hmm. I would say a comfortable C. Comfortable C. Yeah. I'll agree. I'll, yeah. I'll always take a step back, step down you know, mm-hmm. on the ratings, but got it. I, it's like you said, you can't fully apply it, but you know, crush your enemy totally as possible. Yeah, yeah as as much enough, as possible. Yeah, yeah it, it makes yeah, because because I can understand how like if you maybe just be like a very fierce opponent in any realm of human endeavor can be like probably the, the most extent you can take it to. Um, you know, mm-hmm. making sure like when you defeat an enemy. That, that they're defeated right like th- there's a low there's a lower chance of them like coming back because because they already saw how good you are and they don't want to compete with you again so they stop you know you know performing in whatever the thing that in whatever field that you're into so yeah. that that's the that's the most extent i think we can take it to 
solid C tier. Yeah. But overall, I think this is a, a nice group of five laws. Yeah. I, I think I the first think four were like pretty solid. Or no, I the like first format, three were like solid. Having a normal episode and ju- just having five laws in there. I think it's a lot more manageable, mm. too, than having like a full episode of 10 laws. Okay. I don't know. I, I, think I, I think it's like a bit more manageable and a bit more like, you know, we're hopping like back and forth between different things. I think for the for the viewer, right? I think if they click on something that says, um, okay, analyzing the forty eight laws, that they would like to see like just the laws. You know, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying? So like, I, I think it is um, uh, like like beneficial. I, I think we can of course do like you know one episode we do the laws, and the next episode we kind of do our own thing, like a mix of like you know philosophy and you know AI and tech, and you know the business world, um, and then hop back to another episode of you know just. Um, another 10 laws but the whole episode is um just catering to people who want just that oh yeah so that, that's right, my take so at least you have some questions for me yes i heard we, we if you, for you those of you who don't know a couple of episodes ago we started this um this kind of like uh this question game thing or like this list game thing where um i find these like popular lists online or like caden finds a popular list list online and um, we kind of see uh, if we can like name what they are one through five. So I'll, I guess we'll just start and you guys will see how it works, right? What are the top five most popular ice cream flavors in the United States, Caden? Vanilla? Yes, that's two. Chocolate? That's one. Uh, America's disgusting. Vanilla should be above chocolate. Yes, yeah, I, I agree, I agree. Um, Rocky Road? Nope. That was close. Wow, super- don't tell me Superman. No, no, it's not Superman. Okay. Okay, that's interesting then. So uh, I'm thinking it could be like berries type of thing, like like maybe like a strawberry. Yeah, that's number three. Okay, good, good. Um, what else? We got that. I mean, my personal favorite, cookie dough. No. Nope. Is that on there? No. Nope. Oh, okay, I had to give it a try. Hmm. So, so I've got the top three. Mm-hmm. Now I got the four and five, the stragglers. What's good one one of these is like a love it or you hate it kind of thing. Mm. It's like a very controversial ice cream flavor. Cherry? No. Is no. cherry one of them? Uh, hmm. I mean, to be honest, vanilla, cookie dough, and like strawberry are like the only ice creams that I eat. Mm. Um, let me think. One of these is like an old man flavor, and the other one is like a very <laughs> controversial one. I mean, for me, Rocky Road is controversial. Like, mm. I, would, I mean, so it depends on who you ask, I guess. Uh, um, this is this is really sad. This is displaying my. Well, I guess it's not too sad. I got the first three. Because I mean, you've definitely I'm, heard I'm of these strong. two flavors many, many times. It's not like an uncommon one. Hmm. I'd want to go through my thought process, but I'm just waiting for something to pop in my head right now. Yeah, think think really... out loud, Kate, and go through your thought process on finding these I'm last trying, two. But I, is, is there any more like fruit related? No, oh, no. Is there any more fruit related? No. Ah, uh, I con- so one of those like controversial, and the other one's an old man's flavor. Mm-hmm. What 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 is an old man flavor? I even. It's okay. I'll I'll give I'll give you one clue for the old man one. It's related to a nut. Related to a nut. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, what's that one? Pecan. Yes, butter pecan is number four. 
my whole entire family despises that flavor of ice cream. Yeah. I don't think it's very controversial. I don't know how that's on that list. Number number okay. five is like a love it or you hate it kind of ice cream. Oh, this is a controversial yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That one just everyone hates. All right, okay, so you love it or you hate it. I personally love it, but I don't know if that you, gives you a clue. Do you eat it often? Um, I try to. You try to? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, man. Chocolate chip. Close. You, you, you got two out of the three words there. Two out of the three. You have to add one more word to that, and you got the answer. Wait, I have to add. Oh, come on. Chocolate chip isn't enough. Chocolate chip brownie? No, no, no. Something chocolate before the chocolate chip. Oh, vanilla chocolate chip? No. Chocolate chocolate chip? No. <laughs> Something before the chocolate chip. Cookie? No. Chocolate chip? What? Once I tell you, chip? once I tell you, you're gonna be like, oh my god, that's like so. You know, when someone orders chocolate chip ice cream, they say, "Can I have some have vanilla chocolate chip?" Like, I really, I think two out of three is close enough. I think that has to be it. Like, are there other kinds of chocolate chip? Ice Mint creams? chocolate chip, Caden. Mint. Yes. There are other. I guess there are. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was number five. That's my sister's favorite. I wow, that's controversial. You kid, I really I, like so many people hate it and say it tastes like toothpaste, and they like will never eat it ever. They they haven't had good chocolate chip or mint chocolate chip, have they? Mm, probably not. Bad. I love it personally. I think it's great. Yeah, like I've had some that tastes like toothpaste, and it's not good. But mm -hmm. there is good chocolate. Like keep trying, people find the good mint chocolate chip. It's really almost as good as cookie dough. Mm, okay, you. Right. I, I'm surprised you like cookie dough. I hate cookie dough so much. I I like it like plain. Like plain cookie dough, but just, ice cream, you're hurting your it ruins just, it. It's okay. Just don't talk about it anymore. Just don't, just don't bring it back up. Okay. No, I'm serious though. If chocolate chip, or if like, yeah, if cookie dough ice cream is like on the menu, I'm getting it. Like, regardless of whatever it else. I, know, I, I honestly think like, like birthday cake and cookie dough are like flavor, like those two like are flavors you like until the age of like six or seven. And then after you like slowly like, like don't like it anymore. But then it looks like you're still like, you still like cookie dough for some reason. I just like cookie dough. I, I like the, I like the, the texture of the cookie dough chunks that are in them. That's like the main selling point for me. Gotcha. I'm also like a plain vanilla type of guy. Mm -hmm. And since there's just like little cookie dough balls in there, I feel like it's palatable enough for me. Okay. I don't like the super rich chocolate stuff. Anyway, I'm boycotting the list things. I, I don't really like them. So I, I didn't bring a list, but I brought some real questions Okay. instead of, uh, What's your like top ten ice creams type of thing? But okay, yeah, I was I might have hyped you up a little bit. This isn't like a real question, but I'm gonna do some horoscope reading on you. Okay, so I'm gonna even though I think I already know like your future job field, mm -hmm. right? Like I just I just thought of this really funny thing in relation to sports and what career you go into. Okay, right? so which of these three sports? do you see yourself like most likely getting into when you're older okay? okay or even right now which one of these would you like take up if you had to pick one of these three okay you have golf mm -hmm. you have squash mm -hmm. you have indoor rock climbing indoor rock climbing yep so indoor rock climbing means that you're going to be a coder <laughs> bro i'm serious no nah, no where did you find that bro in indoor rock climbing is like a big thing in Silicon Valley, and like that's what like coders do. I'm serious. Really? It's a it's a thing. 
Mm-hmm. So if you, if you if you were to say golf, I'd say like more in like the finance business type of mm-hmm. thing. In squash is like strictly managerial type settings. Mm-hmm. It's like where, where you, where you, I mean, I don't even know what squash is to be honest. So pretty much there's a wall. And there's like a little line on it, mm-hmm. and you've got like a paddle and there's a ball. It's all mm-hmm. ball squash. Okay. You just whack it against the ball as hard as you can, and then there's another person, your opponent, and they you like you're on the same side, right? So mm-hmm. It's a wall. So it's like tennis, except you have oh, okay. two people hitting it into the practice wall. Got you. I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's like really aggressive and like. It's really just I, really I feel like weird. I've seen that at like LA Fitness. Is that like yeah, an LA maybe, Fitness thing? Yeah. Okay. But like from what I've heard, squash is like a thing that like managers do for some reason. Like my dad used to play squash with his like manager at hmm. the old pharmaceutical company he was working at. Gotcha. So, okay. But yeah, indoor rock climbing, that's definitely like a coder's type thing that they pick up. Makes sense. I don't know. There you go. That's funny that you picked that one too, since you know you're gonna go into computer science. That's, I, I don't, I don't know how I fell into that so easily because I, I, because I knew like you were, you're trying to make me like it's a sake of, I should have said golfing. I should say golfing. I knew it. <laughs> no, but you're true to yourself. Go on. That, 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 that's true. Okay. But indoor rock climbing, I truly think is the best. It is, it is fun. It is very challenging but fun. Yeah, I used to be a rock climber. Mm. I'm not like a serious rock climber, but. I think I climbed V6. I was my last project was a V7, and I hurt myself on it, mm. so I stopped. Okay. Bit. Did you ever like have any big projects you did? In no, the no, no. I, I you just go for fun. Like I just just for fun. Like, yeah, just for fun. Yeah. yeah, I got serious about it for like a hot minute, Damn. but then I was like, I had to wait. I had to do like, am I gonna do golf or rock climbing? Because both of them sort of tear up your hands mm. when you do them as much as I do. So I had to choose and golf just the one over. Makes sense. Okay. All right. I have another question though. This okay. one's a bit more like unique to my circumstance right now. Mm-hmm. Do jelly beans cause cancer? Oh. My, I I just bought a three pound bag of jelly beans. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm it's gonna last the whole summer. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. But my mom was like, "You're gonna get cancer from mm-hmm. that." It's like where have you heard that? She's like, "It's real." Really? Like, what? That's the thing. Have you heard of that? I've never heard of that. I guess then it doesn't cause, cause cancer if you haven't heard of it. Yeah. So I'm safe. Yeah, I mean, Three pounds of jelly, jelly beans. Dude, jelly beans are fantastic, man. I, 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 dude, I haven't had one in many, many years, but I, I think they're great. I'll bring you a little Ziploc baggie next time we're out together. Got you. Is it, is it just that, like like the classic kind? Like the, the... Yeah, it's okay. jelly belly. It's like yeah, the quality, yeah, yeah. and it's massive. All the flavors, everything. Dang. I'm a big fan of jelly beans. Got you. All right. I want to wrap it up, Rob. Oh, a little announcement. We can cut this maybe, but we um, are very likely going to be bringing on a guest in the next few podcasts. Mm-hmm. One of my close friends, and you know, we're going to see how it goes. He has a shared interest in finance, and it'll, it'll be interesting. He'll have a lot to talk about. He'll definitely match Rob's energy with the list type activities. So. Okay, so um. Another announcement, um, I guess it's not like huge, it's like it's related to the podcast, but we are now in 15 countries, we're in um, over half the United States, and we're in five continents, so that is, um, I consider a pretty big achievement, I'm so happy that we have so many people listening and tuning into the podcast, and we hope to make it grow and bring more enlightenment and foresight to people's lives. Yeah. Very well put. And I'm thinking of maybe even adding an email type thing where mm. we can receive like constructive criticisms or maybe just comments 
that that sort of thing because you know running a podcast is sort of like you know you you feel it out as you go sort mm-hmm. of thing yeah so, yeah i i, I think i think in future podcasts we should like announce it in the in, in the beginning or like somewhere near the beginning or something so like you know people don't tune out by the end if, if they think it's bad right if they think it's bad near the beginning um or they don't like it near the beginning they can you know send us an email yeah. and you know share their concerns so yeah so, uh, we, can, we can talk about the email at the beginning of the next episode but yeah with that foresight case come on thought and ambition <laughs> with Robin Caden okay for, funny joke funny joke right. countries <laughs> thank you guys this has been foresight exploring thought and ambition with Robin Caden <laughs> we'll see you in the next one